Nathan, I have a question for you. Yeah? What would Michael McDonald sound like if he was a ghost? He came from somewhere. That is my favorite thing I've ever heard. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is the greatest. Uh, you gave us a gift. That's what that was. That was a pure gift. <laughs> wow, the first thing producer Jeremy's ever liked on our show. Uh, <laughs> hey, I hope you like that spooky first joke, everyone, because it's Halloween time here at Network Special. Ghosts are booing and chains are clanking. Da da. Yeah. And uh, famous Halloween holiday song. Yeah. And I'm Zachariah. And this is my co-host, who? Nathan. And this is our producer, Boo. Jeremy Demery, I was on it today. I'm Ruth's ready to roll, baby. I was on that on Switch. I was ready to rock. Oh, boy. Somebody's very <laughs> high on goofballs. This is Network Special, <laughs> the only podcast you need if you love hearing men talk about appointment-based television era shows, that beautiful, beautiful era when you had to watch what was on TV when it was on and then it was gone. But now, thanks to the magic of the internet, we can watch these little curiosities over and over again. Wasn't that a great movie? Yeah, especially when that guy turned into a skeleton. Are you serious, Chet? I hated that part. It was too scary. My mom says don't believe everything you read or everything you see. Well, it looked like real magic to me. <laughs> Maybe your eyes were playing tricks on you. And as I teased before, we're getting into the Halloween season with a little something from Nickelodeon in 1988. It is Mark Summers' Mystery Magical Special, also mm. sometimes known as Mark Summers' Mystery Magical Tour. And I bet <laughs> that was used once and then redacted <laughs> for legal purposes. And also... Um when you put it on your Plex, it's just known as Magical Mystery Special. Oh. They drop off Mark Summers. Oh, okay. I don't uh, know why they didn't give him his due. Maybe for our international viewers who aren't as familiar with Mr. Summers' resume. Mm. They and, don't do, um, well, I guess at that time, they, would have, they wouldn't have had Double Dare. No, in, it, it was in, illegal. In Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not until that Berlin Wall came down. Nope, too much slime. <laughs> Wait, did this come out? Did this come out after the Berlin Wall or before? That's how I judge time. Oh, good point. Let's see. When did the Berlin Wall fall? Hmm. Now that came down November 1989. This was released okay. one year and a month beforehand. So this was probably okay. the first thing in the chain of events that got the Berlin okay. Wall to come down. So I probably didn't watch it because in solidarity with the other side of Berlin, I did not watch any mess American TV until the wall came down. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that <laughs> didn't Reagan watch this special and he found oh, out that, that some people couldn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, that's why the wall, that's why he yeah. egg, begged him. That's why he said, him. well, well. <laughs> that right? was how he started every sentence. <laughs> two, the double well, they called it. <laughs> Magical Mystery Special, which is easily findable on YouTube if you'd like to, to take a little sneaky peek at it, mm. is a... Half hour long special <laughs> aired on Nickelodeon, and this aired for about 10 years every Halloween after it Holy first moly. came out. I know, and yet somehow I had never heard of this or watched it, which is <laughs> nuts because this is right in my wheelhouse. Did you recommend yeah. this? Did you watch it? I well, I watched it for the show, but I did not watch it at the time. Okay, had you heard of it at the time? Did you see it advertised? No. When was this thing played? There's usually like and you're saying for ten years, so like 1999. It played. Uh, no, 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 not quite, not quite. It was produced okay. in '88 <laughs> and it ran to '96. Oh. Still longer Holy than you would cow. think. Yes. 
Uh, and uh, we're we're going to talk about this special. Like I said, neither of us had watched it beforehand, so we didn't know what we were in for. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say that this has a, a suggestion of a plot, but really whenever it says mystery magical special, I want you to really concentrate on the magic part of it. Because <laughs> yeah. the magic part of it is the lion's share of, of this special. Uh, this, this is a magic... Sh- this is just... A magic special for Lance Burton. With some bumpers, yes. This features <laughs> yeah. magician Lance Burton and magician slash mime Tina Lenert. And, uh, okay, well, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Not there yet. <laughs> Boy. The, the thought of a woman in, in show business makes Nathan it just makes my shiver. Yeah. <laughs> if, you you should have seen me hold him down when that Ghostbusters remake came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was the first one to bomb re- review bomb it. <laughs> um, d- can can we? Th- this is kind of like a Lance Burton and friends. Although, like in my mind, he's not really friends with them. I don't think Lance Burton <laughs> has friends because of kind of the yeah. way that he is as a human being. First off, let me ask you: When you were a kid, what was? Did you like magic? Magic shows. What was your relation to magic? Yeah, I hadn't grown cynical yet. <laughs> I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, the old disappearing coin from time to time. <laughs> no, I had like. Did you grow up in the eighteen hundreds? Bo- you had your stick and your hoop down the dirt street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still amazed by the by how many coins I have in my ear. <laughs> um, no, the. Yeah, I had like this little like magic contraption that I don't know what it was. I'd love to f- actually find it. But it had like it was like a big black box with like 10 different kinds of tricks in it and you know you could put shove a, ball, a foam ball in one of them and push a push a, a door and it would close it on the in the wall and then a then a foam bunny and another one and you, it was basically just cramming foam things against things. <laughs> And that's how it did all its magic, but it it felt each trick felt different somehow. <laughs> Liking magic, I I also had a magic. Oh, I, I guess I had a very basic magic kit. My parents never splurged for like the big Blackstone magic set at Toys R Us or anything like that. Yeah, but um, as as you can guess, as a little ham bone of a child. The idea of performing magic was so tantalizing to me. And there was a kit you could check out of the library. It was like a VHS of how to perform magic tricks. And it had a couple like things with it. A lot of foam things, again, yep. and ropes and a couple rings, I think. It was uh, a kit you could check out from the library? Yeah. Yeah, it was That's a little nice. kit. Um, and then I would check out magic books that I that were... Uh, just confusingly worded enough for me to get frustrated and stop trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I always had big, big plans. Like when I would go to like Disney world or something and stop into the magic shop. And then I would end up just leaving with like, you know, a buzzer or something. <laughs> like, you know, I never like would buy a big trick. It was just like, Oh, you bought some like candy cigarettes or something like, like I never ended up getting anything that was worth anything. Is there any funnier trick for a child than getting that joy buzzer that is almost as big as your hand? It's a massive (laughs) metal contraption that you wind up and you have to like jam your hand into the other person's hand for it to work. And the thing that hurts about it isn't the buzzer. It's the fact that you're, you're pushing a metal (laughs) post into somebody's palm. Yeah. Yeah. And the picture on the outside is like, no, if you get this, you're going to electrocute someone to death. Yeah, it's like throwing them against <laughs> an electric fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what the picture is. You see their skeleton. And then, you, <laughs> and then when you get it, you realize it's just like a maraca. In your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... Shh, 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 shh. Well, the other thing that's so fun about those kits is uh, whether you have siblings or other f- little friends you're trying to perform for, there is no less giving audience than a fellow child. Like they're just not (laughs) impressed by you. So if you did your foam trick and you're like a ball goes in one end and a rabbit will come out the other. And then if you pull a foam shape out of a rabbit, they're going to go, that's not a rabbit. 
<laughs> well, uh, it, no, what they're going to do is, let me do it. <laughs> it's because they know they can do it they just saw you do it so they right. know it's like, oh this is just a freaking box with a foam right so it's like oh i'll do this now there's Here, no skill over. involved you pushed a thing in a thing yeah i got one from marlo too one time we had it had that was like 200 we got it from like costco and it was like or like uh, Harris Teeter or something i don't know what the name of the store was oh i think it was this this store down here called like ollie's bargain junk or something <laughs> there's, there's these crazy stores down here in florida and uh it was like it was like 10 million tricks in one <laughs> <laughs> and then you get home and you realize it's like one trick yeah it's like done scarves. 10 million ways uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and that's why they mean 10 million in one <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, okay. So that's our personal relationship with performing magic for people. I guess as far as like me watching it went, I would watch the David Copperfield specials, which we will oh, get yeah. into at some point on this show. Yes. Uh, especially because <laughs> another peek behind the curtain, when Nathan and I were recording these episodes, we took a little break for a, a month or two and I took it upon myself and we thought we were going to uh, do David Copperfield next. So I have watched literally every single David Copperfield <laughs> special since the early <laughs> 80s to like the early 2000s uh, and <laughs> never felt more burnt out on entertainment. So we will do them at some point soon. Uh, and then I guess like seeing old reruns of Doug Henning. Remember Doug Henning? Uh, I remember the name. He's past our time. He's the guy who had long hair and kind of buck teeth, and he always wore jumpsuits with big rainbows across them. (laughs) And he'd say things like, magic is magical, and believing is magic, and magic (laughs) is belief. He, he's got like buck teeth and yes. a big like Daffy Dan mustache or whatever. Yes, 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 yes. He he looks... For all you Cleveland, Cleveland yeah. people. <laughs> he looks Sorry. like he was kicked out of Fog Hat for being too happy. Yeah, he does. He's like... Yeah, I'm looking at the picture of him, a poster of him, and it's like him holding a lady with in, dressed up like a butterfly. And it, <laughs> it looks literally like he's saying, Magic! <laughs> There's an amazing TV ad I need to send you from the early 80s where uh, they built a musical around Doug Henning called Merlin. Uh, And as you can guess, he did like a lot of magic tricks, but I think it also required him to act, which Doug Henning is not good at. So I think it's one of the biggest Broadway flops at that point. I see it. It's there was a segment at the Tony Awards. Yes, 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 yes. That's up there, too. But there's a really great commercial where he's like. Believe in magic. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Do you think, like, do people, uh, do magicians today respect him? Like he's like one of their elders. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I I would be terrified to get too deep into the magic community and find out what all of their opinions were. I know magicians kind of. Uh, poo-poo David Copperfield just because he is uh, more PR man than amazing okay. magician in a lot of ways. Well, like I for when podcasts were like first making their way out onto the scene mm. back in the old iPod days, mm-hmm. um, I listened to pretty much almost anything I could find that was like someone famous doing something. And so I listened to a radio show that Penn Gillette posted that he was doing in Vegas or something at the time. And he would just, you know, he would spew all his libertarian bullshit. But like, he would, <laughs> but other than that, he would tell interesting stories about magic and, 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 you know, he would talk about magicians and things like that. And um, I don't remember them really mentioning these old guys they really just made fun of like the people who are around i I think he seems to be a guy who tries to mind his own business when it comes to other magicians pendulum yeah in terms of like like critiquing um by name (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> unless there's oh. a. Do you know what I'm saying? Unless there's a big story out of it or something. But I, I, I didn't get the sense that he's like calling out bad magicians. You know. You know that is such by a name, small name. group. Like the the number of magicians that people could name that are famous enough for that is so small. I'm sure he doesn't feel like getting into a major Vegas war with right. everybody. Well, and he does that show that uh, fool us, fool where, us, yeah, yeah, where the magicians come out and he has he they have to see if they know how to do the trick or whatever. And he never he's never like. That sucked. <laughs> we, you no, know, even no, bother, he doesn't seem know? like a monster. But they had yeah. David Copperfield on, and they fooled him. And David Copperfield, who has that maniac Tom Cruise energy of just being a little too awake and a little too focused looking, you could tell David yeah. Copperfield is just seething inside. <laughs> He's going to like buy a box of animals to throw against the wall <laughs> later. <laughs> Where do you where do you buy that? Those little animals. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, go to uh, David Copperfield's weird rich person island that he charges people yeah. like ten thousand dollars a day to go to sleep in. Does he own an island? Yes, he does. He owns an island. Uh, 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 oh god, it has a name like. Oh, what is it? It has a name that whenever I I, I say it to you is going to sound so fake. But the the deal with this island is that. Um, it's a full immersive experience, like a magic experience. You go there and you solve a treasure map and it says like things. I don't Whoa. know what it means. Like the monkeys will draw maps for you and escape. You can, you the- can rent. <clears throat> you can rent it for $57,000 a night. It is something like that. Yes. And then if it's you called want pirate Musha K Musha K. Yes. <laughs> And the islands of Copperfield Bay. Yes. And you can also, for an additional like $20,000, hire actors dressed like pirates to be on the island with you. Something like that. I mean, look, We'll cover it. We'll I'm cover it. This. We'll cover it. <laughs> yeah. I'm into this. Let's get to the uh, more down-to-earth uh, world of the Mystery Magical Special. This is a 1988. Well, can we... <sighs> yes. <laughs> can we talk... Sorry. Yeah. Can we... Talk about Lance Burton because I, I yes that's what we're that's what I'm getting into I'm getting into the show no no I mean I mean okay we can wait <laughs> <laughs> he has and I'm gonna say I'm gonna well I'm gonna talk Mark Summers first because Mark Summers is our our host for all this that's right. he is inviting that's us true. into the world of Lance Burton this is yeah. like uh, 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 when uh, you know Steven Spielberg anoints a new director. <laughs> that yeah, was like whenever sure. Mark Summers introduced Lance Burton to children. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is two years after Double Dare has premiered and Mark Summers is just like in the zone of beloved children hosts. He's up there with LeVar Burton and Mr. Rogers, I guess. I don't know. Something about Mark Summers that is so uh, – Un, non-threatening to kids because in this special he's walking around it's he's like the the only adult with multiple children in the room but it never f- has that uh-oh quality that you can get from other adults who do the same thing in shows oh god no he's no like jimmy savile or something <laughs> no uh, he, he's a straight shooter he's a yeah this guy is all business he's all you know I got ideas for shows. Let's do this. Yeah, Mark Summers, who, when he was younger, I guess, dreamed of um, being a stand-up comedian. And uh, whenever he was first introduced to this, I was like, oh, Mark Summers is doing a an acting role. I wonder why he never did more acting. And then you quickly realize why. Because Mark Summers oh, it- is an excellent host. And <laughs> yes. b- boy, the guy cannot act to save his life. No, he he reads... As if he's hosting one of his shows. He reads as though there is somebody else controlling his body from a different room and he's well, saying and, his dialogue. And that oh, does happen in this. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tipping the scales a little bit. Uh, this starts off where Mark Summers on a dark October night is driving uh, uh, Jonathan Harris, Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> Sidekicks, sidekicks, famous. <laughs> That's right. Sequest SVU's himself, Jonathan Brandis, <laughs> and, 
And uh, Shiri Appleby or Shiri, yeah, Appleby, who is in the show it's not Roswell. Sherry Fridays. Hmm? <laughs> it's not Sherry Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry TGI Friday Appleby. Sh- Sherry Bennigan's. <laughs> And Which, by the way, we we found one uh, in Florida just recently. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> yeah, you get that Monte Cristo. Uh, always. Okay, Bennigan's is still open down there. Wait, you know what? I, you now that I think about it, we were driving. It was on a big road trip all the way to Ohio, so it could have been in any one of the states in between Florida and Ohio. Okay, well, good to know. <laughs> it could have been in Ohio. <laughs> I can't remember. Um. So it's uh, those two kids and an overweight kid who I thought was the kid from the movie Angus for a second, but it's not. When did Angus come out? Angus was what? 96. So this kid would have been like, like, uh, almost 10 years old, like almost, almost 10 years older. How old is Angus supposed to be in Angus? I don't know. Well, it doesn't say like Angus, ten year old boy. Well, how? Why are you saying it's impossible then? <laughs> well, because I feel like he would not have been that much old. I think he would not have been. I think that kid's way older than the guy who played Angus. You think Trenton Teagan, the overweight kid in this, <laughs> is way older than Angus? Is that what you're saying? Let's find out. Um, Trenton Teagan. Yeah. Uh, this is great radio. He was in the new Lassie. Big yeah, I, he cry. wasn't in anything. He he basically was not in it. He was in one or two shows, and then that was that. He was in Wonder Years. Is he going to be in the reboot? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so he was born 1977. 1977. Okay. They, he's one year older than I am. Wow, really? Yes. That's so wild. So then Angus, mm-hmm. uh, who is played by... Um, Charlie Talbert, sure, is who is. Um, <clears throat> have you did you have you seen Angus? I don't think I've ever even watched Angus. Years and years ago, of course, Angus, one of George C. Scott's final performances. <laughs> George C. Scott <laughs> and he the went, girl he from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, he went out with a bang. Soundtrack by Green Day. Weezer. Love spit love. Oh, jeez. This is like <laughs> every like millennials freaking like childhood. Oh, he's only born one year later. <laughs> oh, looks like I'm not so stupid. I'm glad I waited. <laughs> all right. So they're driving. It was so absolutely driving, worth that. Yeah, it was all worth it. So they're <laughs> driving down the road. Mark Summers is with these three children. Is he their dad? No. Is he their uncle? No. <laughs> it's no. just Mark. I don't know how he knows these three kids, these two boys and one girl. Uh, Mark Summers goes, hey, wasn't that a great movie? And uh, Brandis goes, yeah, I loved it when uh, that guy turned into a skeleton. And the girl goes, that was too scary. And Brandis goes, well, my mom says you can't believe everything you read or see. And Mark Summers says, well, maybe your eyes are playing tricks on you. Huh? (laughs) And you have just now read the entire script. That's half the dialogue (laughs) in this show. The rest of the script is just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> magic sounds <laughs> uh mark summers uh makes a wrong turn somewhere gets a flat tire and winds up in front of the magic castle which is a real private club in california that is a yes. private club for magicians and the friends of magicians and uh, I haven't yeah. been, but I need to go because I now know somebody who is a, a standing member with invitation privileges to Magic Whoa. Castle. So I need to go before this place closes down someday. But Magic Castle is a <clears throat> a big, spooky-looking mansion, and you go in there, and it has like the portraits where the eyes move, uh, bookcases that slide over, and our secret passages, um, things hidden all over the place. Um, and there's magic shows every weekend and part of the deal with magic castle. And I I don't think this is open to the public, but during the dinners, different magicians can try out 
things in the act so they're not just performing in public uh, things that might not look great so they can kind of get feedback from other magicians. And they also do, I think, a yearly seance to try to um, reach out to um, Houdini. Harry Hood, yes, bring back Harry Houdini, who was who I don't who, famous, hmm? who famously um, always didn't he like um, call these the fake psychics out, like the fake um, seance people out all the time. Yes, he did not believe in any kind of occultism or spiritualism, and he told his wife a secret word that if she was at a seance and they're trying to call him back, he would tell her, and that way she would know that it was really him, and it never happened. So uh, I don't know how they would kind of validate it now. I'm assuming it's more pageantry than anything else, but maybe she whispered it to somebody else. Bobby Houdini, his grandson. I saw a... um I think this was actually on that Penn Gillette radio show. There was a guy who wrote a book about this and the guy makes the claim that he did. It's not that he didn't believe in it, but he, he really, really wanted to. And so this was part of his thing was that he was hoping that he would find someone who Mm. knew how to do this stuff. So you're saying it was different than like the great Randy, the magician who would just say, I can, I'll give you a million dollars if you can prove that this is true. Yeah. 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 I, I, at least according to this book or and according to my memory, but yeah, it, it didn't seem like he was like this big, like, yeah. Like the amazing Randy. It was like, he did all this and he thought these guys were all a load of crock, but he also, I think he was also on the search for hopefully that it was real. Of course, Pendulette had one of the first podcasts. Doesn't he seem like he'd be like, a microphone's around? Oh, I need to talk into it. <laughs> yeah. that, and that's, I mean, that's, you just nailed his voice 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, before they pull up to the Magic Castle, who should leave the door of the Magic Castle in a huff? But John Aston, who played <laughs> Gomez in the Adams family, who's storming out saying, "I'm leaving this place. There's too many weird things going on." Do you uh, think? And he, then, do you think that was in real time? <laughs> like he was like, "Where am I?" <laughs> because I saw him in the credits, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. He's going to be one of the." It was like, no, it was like he's just like leaving the shoot. John Aston, yeah, he he leaves and uh, they pull the car up and he goes, Mark Summers asks if he can use the phone and John Aston goes, be my guest, and he leaves. And that's the last we see of John Aston. Do you (laughs) think he was just on the Universal Studios Florida, like, back lot that day or he was filming Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan somewhere in Orlando what, somebody hold on. asked him if he could have like 500 bucks to have John Aston on yeah but wouldn't that have been in Hollywood or LA hey baby there's the uh, oh wait the magic what castle. would have been in LA Is there oh film? you're absolutely right yes yes but I know what you mean, though. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know. I mean, I, who who knows? Who freaking knows? I, I got mixed up because I I couldn't remember if Double Dare filmed in the Orlando Nickelodeon Studios. It did. It did. Okay, because you could try out for it, and I did. oh in Florida. Okay, and I fa- I failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how did you? What was the audition process? It was the most. Nazi version of Simon Says. <laughs> oh, okay. It was Did, just and they tricked like, you good. Like it was one of those ones where they would get like twenty people in one go because yep. of how, like, how they never they never stopped playing until there was only one person left. Mm-hmm. You I know? mean, that is and, how you play Simon Says. But I'm saying it was like. <laughs> Every time it felt like, like it feels like like there'd be like tw- twenty people standing there, and then within hold, hold one on, or hold two- on, hold on, hold on, hold on, set the scene for me. Are you on okay. vacation and you're doing this? Yes, you're at the Nickelodeon Studios. You're on the tour for Nickelodeon Studios okay. at Universal Studios. Yes, and uh, part of the tour is you know you can taste the slime, which mm-hmm. is made of like mustard and you know ketchup or something. I don't know. I think it was vanilla pudding. Well. 
No, because I don't think they, they were did. pouring ketchup on your head. <laughs> no, it was a mixture of things because um, they they said they said what it was made out of, like mm-hmm. th- at least on this tour, and mm-hmm. and then at the end of the tour, part of the tour was that you get to try out to be on a game show, and one of them was Double Dare, you know, and yeah, and it was just like Simon says, and it was like, you know, it just felt like they they must have picked the person within two rounds. <laughs> You know, because they, they, there was no chance for you to see how how heavy of this game they were going to play. You were already out by then. How many rounds did you make? I had a friend. I just I I got the first thing, and then they said, "Okay, everyone, come up to this line now." <laughs> uh, and they got they got me in like twenty people. Gotcha. You know, it's yep. like. And then there was um, I, I did I, one of my friends. Uh, I think he said he made it all the way through, but I don't think he actually got onto a game show. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how many of these people actually get onto the shows. If you're there for filming or whatever, what timing, what time it is. And all right, I got it. Double Dare host Mark Summers told Gourmet the slime was made of vanilla pudding, applesauce, oatmeal, and green food coloring. Okay. I mean, I still don't want to eat it. I don't either. And poor Mark Summers famously had obsessive or has obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, wanted everything to be very clean, a bit of a germaphobe. And uh, he had to be hosting this game show where children were (laughs) rolling in fake vomit and (laughs) And filth. Yeah. (laughs) As if interacting and shaking the hands of children isn't filthy enough. He was also plunging his hand into fake noses. Full of squid and trails to find a flag. <laughs> and did he come up with that show? Double Dare? Yeah. No, he did not. Okay, so what's the first show he comes up with? Oh, like because he has an empire now. Yeah, so he is the uh, executive producer of Dinner Impossible and Restaurant Impossible and Food Network, which probably means that he was the creator of the show. Yeah. Um, 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 like he's got all of the unwrapped, of course. Y'all, that's all I see from uh, from here. He may have come up with what would you do? He hosted that as well. Oh, what was how did that how did that game how was that game? How did it go? Uh, wasn't what would you do kind of like a uh, oh, yeah, asking the audience to vote on which way they would go on something. Like presenting situations like, and asking what, what, the audience. What would you do? What, what, what? I remember this song. <laughs> yeah, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I didn't I, watch I, it. I didn't. I remember not liking it. That's all I remember about what would you do. Uh, let's get inside that castle. John Aston walks yeah. off, never to be seen again. <laughs> and uh, Mark goes inside looking for a telephone. Um, there is what happens. There's the old. Uh, spooky castle routines where a painting's eyes move to look at them. Mm-hmm. Fire leaps up from yep. the fireplace. Uh, a, a, a bookcase slides aside to reveal a secret panel. And uh, Mark Summers is just acting into the ceiling, <laughs> looking for this <laughs> phone, making uh, the guy on Blue's Clues look subtle. Mark Summers, you can kind of tell there was an OCD thing because he has the cleanest khakis and sweater I've ever seen on a human being. They look like they were straight straight from the garments district. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is that what OCD is? That you're just like clean and stuff? Because I could really go for some OCD right now. Part of his OCD <laughs> was obsessively cleaning and also fear of germs. Okay. Which is, I guess, you can see when in in uh, Double Dare, like whenever he shakes a kid's hand or something, you can always see him going kind of like wiping off or Purelling or something like that. Oh, really? Yes. Which now is very precedent. He was ahead of the times, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. This show just floats. So it's hard for me to put all the pieces together in the order that they happened. Mm Mm-hmm. So they the the first thing they do after you know you see all the eyes and stuff and the phone rings and it's no the phone's 
not on the hook or whatever, like mm-hmm. the whole wire's broken. So how do they get into the room where he gets into the telephone booth? Well, first, the, the bookcase slides aside and they uh, okay. fall into another room. And who yeah. should be in the room but the person who you can't wait to talk about, world-famous yeah. <laughs> magician Lance Burton. Okay, that's right. So then he does his little routine. Lance Burton and the candles and stuff. Here's what's so odd, but also kind of refreshing about this special is now we get to just see Lance Burton do his close up magic routine. But there's no dialogue introducing him. He's not like, oh, you know, magic can be everywhere and don't be scared. He just he just (laughs) silently starts performing without speaking. And Mark and the kids just kind of sit there and go, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no one's like, excuse me, um, do you you know where the phone is? No. (laughs) Like, they're just like, oh, cool, a magic show. They're (laughs) enraptured by the magic of Lance Burton, who, guess what, is a excellent magician. I know it's not like a big hot take, but... This is the kind of magic I'm really impressed by. I don't love... I mean, I yes, it is impressive whenever they do stuff like make the car disappear or whatever, or they have those big boxes that they're cutting people apart in. I don't love magic where they have things in boxes or containers or stands or curtains where they're obviously standing on a prop that's just meant to hide something. Yeah. Like I can't relate to it. So in one in some way, even though I know it's big and it's hard to do, it doesn't look miraculous to me because it looks like a trick mechanism. But Lance yeah. Burton is doing this thing where he's making birds and candles and cloth and fire and rope appear out of nowhere for a yeah. long time. Like stuff yeah. just keeps coming out of the sky. <laughs> It's yeah. really impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have, um, something happened along the way of like, like I learned like how a trick is done or something. And I can't remember like on Reddit or like in the YouTube comments or something. Mm. And ever since then, I, um, I can't figure out magic tricks, but I can make a guess based on like, Sure. There's kind of like, you know, you, there's kind of these ultimate like, so you know that like, obviously the doves are like, he's just sleight of hand to get them out of his jacket or whatever, those sure. kinds of things, you know, like all of that stuff. Um, so I'm never like, I'm never like uh, in awe, like in the sense of like, this is magic. Like, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you know, magic's not real, of course, but like. But like I all like guys like that where you're just like they do the thing that even if you know how to do it like they do it the best. Yeah, it's so smooth you know, and flawless. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, there was tons of guys, tons of people like that on Full Us uh, on that show where mm-hmm. they're just doing this thing and you're like, like Penn and them are like, this is the best version of that thing. We know what it is, but it's the best thing. This is insane, you know? Right. Or we know how that's done, but we don't know how you did it. Which you know, like that stuff's. The magic to me. Uh, Lance Burton, uh, a guy who kind of seems like he might just be a simulation of a person. <laughs> he, not the most personable guy. I mean, I, I, there is something about these big magicians. They are like ciphers. Like I tried looking up a biography, like mini biography of Lance Burton or David Copperfield or all these people. There's just almost nothing. And I don't know if it's because they keep everything private because they want to have mystery around them or are they just such perfectionist, obsessive maniacs that they don't do anything else with their life, but work on their career and their craft, which I could easily imagine. Yeah. But what's Lance Burton doing now? Uh, Lance Burton is doing some touring. He in 2010 he ended a 31 year Vegas residency, which is the longest residency okay. in the world. Okay. Um, I've only been to Vegas once, and it was years ago. But I remember the room key, uh, or the, the the room card key that I had had Lance Burton's shows ad on it. Okay. Um, and now I mean, he looks like a guy who just pulls chicks. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. He looks like one of these guys who's just like DTF all the time. <laughs> like after every show, like you know, like he's just like he's got this. I mean, like, what's his track li- track record like? And, and and like, is that part of the the reason why you don't hear anything about him because he's just like this is all under wraps. I don't know. I mean, David Copperfield has allegations against him, I know. Uh, And I think the only relationship I'm seeing for Lance Burton is he had a brief marriage to fellow magician Melinda Sachs in August 1993, but they divorced shortly after. Hmm. Poof. (laughs) Poof. But he's also, he's like 61 now. If he doesn't want a tour ever again, I assume he has more money than he could ever spend in a lifetime unless he has horrific gambling debts or a shark buying addiction or something like that. Do you think he has like a... Oh my God, will you wake up? <laughs> Sorry, this is Don't just... Don't <laughs> directly into the microphone. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm trying to like... I'm trying to duck it, but it's hard. Do you think he has... Like like Penn Jillette's house looks like a jail or something, like a prison. Do you think like he has like a... <laughs> Yeah, you ever seen his house? No. It is like it is just I don't know what it, if he has a different house now, but it, I saw like a cribs, you know, or whatever of him. Mm. And his house is like it looks like a prison yard. Like you it's like a big cement block and there's like the second floor where people would be coming out of their jail cell like looking over the top. Is it just very modern like that brutalist no, architecture just like a block it, on a block? Well, he describes it in that way. Like it is, it is designed to look like the way it looks. Okay. <laughs> it's not just like, oh, this is a modern, and oh, it happens to all too. No, no, he like, you know, he's these people like they do things as a bit, right. and it's their house, you know. Like he has a pool, and it's just a, it's a stripe, and it's just a lap. It's like literally like just oh, you yes. do a lap in it, you know. Like right. he made a bit out of that. You know, like everything's a bit like. Sounds <laughs> great. Know, like, so, like, do you think, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think like Lance Burton has like, you know, like f- tr- false walls and stuff or something? Maybe I bet you he has a swimming pool uh, with a B at the least uh, in the tile at the bottom, or at the most, it is shaped <laughs> like a B, like an L and a B, like the connected. Yeah, or like a suit of cards. Yeah. <laughs> His uh, bed shape like a big bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. His laundry hamper is a top hat. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> when you open his front door, pigeons just fly out or doves just fly out everywhere. <laughs> He's just like, I have a, a a guy. I have a guy who gets these gets me these doves every day. <laughs> Can I tell you a great dove release story that I heard was um I sure. guess in Dis- okay, thank you. Um, sure. I guess in Disneyland, there's like a Sword in the Stone show where like Merlin will come out and do magic routines for people. Okay. And there was a routine where Still? he would, uh, at least at some point, I, I think it's been fairly okay. recently, but he'll release okay. doves and they had to discontinue it because after a while, Hawks figured out when during the day he would come out. And so he would release the doves and hawks would swoop down and grab the doves from midair. Is there a video of this? No, I think this was previous. Well, they stopped doing it when they figured out that the birds had figured it out. I would love to see a video of kids like, yay! Ah! Ah! (laughs) Or they think it was an amazing (laughs) trick. Yeah. Archimedes. <laughs> Alright. Uh I mean, yeah, we can keep going, but we are halfway through this special. <laughs> Lance well, Burton walks off silently. Um, well, Mark Summers then goes into a phone booth to make a phone yeah. call, closes the door, and when he opens it again, he's a scary skeleton sitting at the phone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh so the kids run off and uh they see a self-playing piano which they're delighted by (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. in walks in our next performer tina lenert and uh okay nathan why don't you describe what uh, tina does 
she's being seduced by a mop in a trench coat. <laughs> like, this is the act. Basically, it's a janitor. She's playing a janitor who's coming in to clean up. And she's got her, like, cart with her with, like, all the stuff hanging on it. All of her cleaning supplies. And she goes over and dusts the piano. And then she comes back and she sticks her arm into the... Somehow I lost myself in this. But she sticks her arm into the trench coat that's hanging on the janitor thing. And then she pretends as if that is now an entity that is right, the performing mop, magic tricks. The mop is the head and there's a... Yeah coat around the mop and she sticks one hand through the coat's sleeve yeah. and it, it makes it look like a, a man and she kind of does a routine where the guy is uh, making passes at her and flirting her, and, yes, flirting and dancing yeah. yes and then they embrace and there's like little tricks like uh, he turns her hat into a scarf and a string into a bracelet. You can tell this is a routine that she has done eight billion times. This is like her oh, yeah. big routine. Um, I would say it's more a mime piece than really yes, a magic yes. piece. And I think that if you're a very little kid, you would enjoy it. But it is it is odd in a magic special with two acts in it for this to be one of the acts? Maybe there was <laughs> yes. just not another female magician. That they have recommended. It says in her in her Wikipedia entry that she is a, a regular performer at the Magic Castle. Okay. So maybe it was part of the deal by letting them shoot there that she perform. Can you imagine you save up all your money? And I'm talking about you, Zechariah. Yes, yes, I'm listening. And you fly out to California. Sure. And your friend finally gets you into the magic castle and you're going to see some close-up magic and freaking Lenert shows up and does a mime act. 73-year-old Tina shows up. And and it's her like workshopping. So it's not perfect. Oh, she has she's not resting on her laurels. She's trying no, out a new thing where Okay. Yeah. She's working she's workshopping a new like mime pulling a string thing <laughs> and she's not getting it right and she has to keep starting over like she's like hold on hold on <laughs> wait 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 let me hold on, hold on wait let me start again let me start again <laughs> oh boy well she is a also a classical guitarist a harpist and a founding and member the of the mime company is the hoot, and then the next night is the houdini <laughs> seance <laughs> You're like, no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go, go on. Oh, no, that was, um, that was it. Uh, so they leave Tina to her, her mop man. They, they tastefully, the kids leave before they start having sex. <laughs> yeah, I know. They walk into another room and there's uh, another stage and it's their non-relative adult friend Mark Summers on the stage in a tuxedo. Yeah. And you've never noticed it before, but Mark Summers has very tiny little stumpy arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts doing this uh, incredibly uh, proficient magic act where he's making things appear almost as though Lance Burton might do. <laughs> um, and that is because it is the old stick somebody's hands through your armpits routine. <laughs> yeah. The classic, the classic whose line is it anyway game. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know why. I guess you had to have Mark Summers do something else, right? He can't just be an audience member the whole time. I don't know why they couldn't have just had him do the tricks. Like they're like, look, we don't have time for you to learn these things. Why couldn't Mark Summers do these magic acts? I'm saying like, why didn't they just have it that he learned the tricks in this short time because he's at the Magic Castle? Why did they have to have Lance Burton doing it? Um, because these tricks are probably not learnable in the span of that, a day or two. <laughs> right, he didn't have enough time. Uh, 
then it's the very, very funny reveal. Lance Burton comes out from behind Mark Summers and uh, Mark Summers goes, Hey, this is my new friend, world famous magician, Lance Burton. He's the one who's been having fun with us. And by having fun, <laughs> he means locking him in the house, cutting him off from the outside world and forcing him to watch <laughs> magic acts. Kidnapping. And this is, by the way, I didn't know it was Lance Burton until this moment. Okay. Because I didn't know, I don't remember, I didn't remember what, the, this guy looked familiar to me, but that was it. Sure. Uh, I thought he was a character actor or something. Lance comes out and Angus says to him, oh, I know a magic trick. If only I had a deck of cards. And Lance goes, well, here you go. <laughs> he gets a deck of cards and uh, it turns out he's not good at magic. Uh-uh. But uh, before anything else can happen, a mysterious swordsman in a kabuki mask jumps out <laughs> and starts sword fighting Lance Burton who then jumps on a table, spears uh, the correct card from Angus, and then um, Lance Burton makes the swordsman disappear and uh, reappear as Lance Burton. <laughs> yeah, Lance Burton is, all along, was the somehow the skeleton guy. And then uh, Mark Summers and all the kids leave, <laughs> and their tires <laughs> fixed. And a guy yeah. walks up with a gas can who is probably uh, the director or a producer of the show and goes, yeah. I'm all out of gas. Can you help me? <laughs> can I use your phone? And all the kids go, be our guest. And that's mm. that's it. <laughs> you don't think you don't think that's Mark Darkly? <clears throat> is that a reference to something? <laughs> this. OK, when we get into the credits, but like the. The music, which is just a guy at a keyboard, you know. <laughs> yes. It, it says music composed by Mark Darkly and the Flaming Hypnotists. Oh. <laughs> I I looked this up. There is zero trace of Mark Darkly <laughs> and the Flaming Hypnotist on 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 the internet. Wow. Uh, I don't know. The music is odd because. Like when they were doing the mop man routine, it was kind of this sentimental guitar piece, which sort of reminded me of some of the background music from Pete and Pete. And then other yeah. parts with Lance Burton, it sounded like uh, the background music to Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jonathan Brandis, uh, he committed suicide, right? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, okay. no more no, he, no more questions was he um, okay so I'm looking at Mark Darkly yeah the only, only job he's had on IMDB is uh, this show mm-hmm. and also the Flaming Hypnotist again only this show mm. um, what could have been what, <laughs> right what, what, why did does do we know why Jonathan Brandis committed suicide yeah that'd be a fun thing to get into so he uh, (laughs) was a child star and then after you know sequest and ladybugs and sidekicks projects dried up ladybugs he had a a very hard time getting roles and then he was in a movie called hearts war with bruce willis that he was hoping would revive his career, but it wound up being a giant flop. And okay. he was uh, alcoholic and addicted to drugs and got so right. depressed over the fact that he thought his career was over that he wound up uh, killing himself. And it was extremely um, sudden and sad. And in- interesting because uh, he died, when he died, he died at 27. And... I heard about it and I was like, oh God, that's that's terrible. And then all these people around me, especially, well, I should say, especially young women were really torn up about it because I didn't realize what a teen, seminal teen hunk heartthrob Jonathan Brandis was to so many young women. But I think he was a big, big, like tiger beat deal to okay. a lot of people. I was thinking that, um, but I think I'm thinking of, 
the kid from Growing Pains who was uh, who came out or you know the guy who was a producer on um Never Not Funny. No, not him, not him. No, he wasn't okay. gay. Um But he was on Growing Pains. Or he was on Family Ties, sorry. I'm thinking of Booger from Family Ties. The kid, he was like um no, maybe it wasn't Growing Pains. <laughs> Maybe it was Family Ties. Was there a little kid on Family Ties? No. It wasn't oh, Family well, Ties. Well, yes, there was a little kid on Family Ties. No, no, Growing Pains. No, no. Uh you're talking I know who you're talking about. There was um, they they put an additional little kid in in Family Ties and Growing Pains at some point to keep the show going. Right. It was a Cosby show type of thing where they kept on adding oh. a toddler to the show to keep the kid factor going. I'm thinking of the kid on Who's the Boss. <laughs> Right, Danny Pintaro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this show, this show is so targeted. <laughs> this show, like you got, I, I know what it sounds like. I know it sounds like we're just going off the rails here, but no, like I planned all this. But I no. wrote the, all this in my notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then it worked out very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways. Um, <laughs> Uh, did you like like the Jonathan Brandis thing in this show was very surprising to me. By the way, did you say um, Danny Pintaro killed himself? I don't think he killed himself. But no, I he's think, he's alive and well. He's doing fine. But I but I do think he um, came out. Maybe I don't remember. Uh, apparently, the National Enquirer outed him as gay. Yes. Okay. All right. That's what it was. Sorry, can you, please. Can, I didn't want to slander the the good name of Danny Pintaro. If no, we said the wrong thing. But anyways, um, Jonathan Brandis being in this was uh, for me um, interesting. Like I, I just I, I well, like what at what point in his career? Like what's happening in Jonathan Brandis' career that he's in this? Is this before he's big, or is this right? Like after, like or, well, it can't be after. Well, sweetie, there's IMDb. You can uh, <laughs> look it up there. Let me do What'd it. Let me type it in. No, Sorry, no, no. I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't say I anything. Let me do this. Let me do this for you. <laughs> there's this website. I'll tell you about this website afterwards. It has actors on it. Hold on one second. Okay. It comes in very useful sometimes if you want to find out things like where they were in their career at a certain year and that kind of thing. Hold on. One oh, I second. think I was just on that site. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, 1988. Is that what we said? Yeah. Yes. Here it is. Okay. What's he done? He has uh, been a, on One Life to Live. He was on uh, the pilot episode of Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Oh, really? Uh, what? He, uh, mm-hmm. he was on two episodes of L.A. Law. And... <laughs> what was his... Okay, what was his biggest thing that he ever did? I'm... Uh, I'm trying to like place. Do like, you what not have is. the internet anymore? <laughs> <laughs> right, There's a movie called there. The Wrong Guys with Louie Anderson. And Richard Lewis. Why does he have that music? Because that was the music from uh, Circus of the Stars. Oh, that's right. He came out <laughs> as the dog trainers like right. Louis Anderson. This guy thought you became an animal trainer by eating a lot of animal crackers. <laughs> that's right. Okay. He's a big uh, act, okay. and I mean a big act. Okay, look. So it says in nineteen ninety he's in it, the miniseries. Yes, right. He was a kid on the It series. I mean, they didn't list. It's not Jonathan Brandis's uh, Magic Mystery Castle tour. It's Mark <laughs> Summers. So it's not like they're they're trumpeting him about being in the. That's show. what I'm saying. Like I did not. I did not even. It wouldn't have occurred to me that someone like him would have been on this. But I guess I'm looking at all of the stuff 
really his main stuff happens in the 90s. Yeah. He's a little so bit older. Like, yeah. The hair grows yeah, like out a in, little floppier. He's in uh, Sidekicks and Ladybugs, which I think are maybe the top two things that I remember him from. And that Sequest um, show, yeah. even though it was on for, I think, one season, do you remember how promoted that show was? Because Steven Spielberg produced it. And I think it was one of the first TV series Steven Spielberg produced. And it was what really it expensive on? for this uh, NBC. NBC. Yeah. It was from 93 to 96. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't think I ever watched it. Was it a primetime? Yeah, it was. I found it incredibly boring, but I guess it cost okay. a lot of money. I think just anything you shoot with water costs money because water is so difficult to shoot with. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, for me, it's all about ladybugs and sidekicks. <laughs> if this is the John, if this is turning into the Jonathan Brandis hour. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got. I got to go. Ladybugs. I got to go. Sidekicks. Those two. Okay. Norris, right. Okay. Rodney Dangerfield. Not the wrong guys. Not the episode of Kate and Alley he was in. Not even the pilot no. episode of Good Morning Miss Bliss. Okay. All Not right. Never Ending Story Part Two. Sure. 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 Oh boy. I remember. I I was like clawing at the ceiling whenever I found out there was going to be a part two to the Never Ending Story, and I went opening day. And it was so bad, and that was one of the, the seminal moments in me realizing that things could be really awful. <laughs> you know what it was for me? Hmm. Uh, drop Dead, Fred. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> not now, enough sight gags? I, although, now I feel like um, if I watched it now, would it be different? Or is it is it really that bad? I mean, it ain't good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's a reason why the actor who played Fred, who I think was a kind of a big deal in Australia, didn't keep well, going. It's, he was like huge. Rick Rick Mayall is that his is that his name? There's this um, website you can go to, and I swear you can look up any movie, <laughs> any actor. I'm I mean I'm there on the internet. Sure. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So so Rick Mayall is like. A huge like um, English stand-up comedian, and wasn't he part of the the young ones or whatever? Is that right? Was that him? If only it Which, was, okay. there was a way. Oh my god! Yeah, we need to, we need to end this. We need to end, we this. Need to end this. We need to end <laughs> this. this ten minutes ago. <laughs> Mark Summers, uh, Mystery Magic Special. Is it uh, two pumpkins up or is it a sloppy pull of goblin cum? <laughs> Jeez. That is sloppy. Um, that went a lot more graphic than I did. Uh, yeah. And it thought. wasn't so bad. It was like, it was going just fine. Until the last word. <laughs> uh, no, I give this um, two um, sword fights. Okay. <laughs> and not, an option five. not available to him, but he'll uh, we'll accept it anyways. <laughs> I'm going to give this one a pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I don't know. This was... I like the magic, you know, but it, but this was old magic, like in terms of what we see today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I've seen these routines like so many times since I was a kid. So. I will say magic for as much as an, a magician would probably argue with you. I wouldn't say magic has really come that much farther than this no, routine no. that Lance all, Burton is doing. No, all magic is the same, just done better. You know, like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, that's why Penn and Teller can figure out, figure it all out. Cause it's all, Built on the same ideas, but no, except I'm just saying, for like, mind freak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, like I've seen the count the, the candle out of the handkerchief gag fifty times. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, this but, is for children. Yeah, like, uh, but but you know, the magic's fine. Get rid of Tina, um, and I give this three sword fights. Three sword fights, okay. And if you're kicking yours up, I'm going to kick mine up to a pumpkin pie and a half. We have to find out if Chris Angel has any good specials on TV because uh, 
boy, oh boy, that. Oh boy. Need some laundry on those abs. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, go check this out. It's it's. I think I texted you before and said this show is the definition of painless. Yeah. It really uh, is. Nathan, I can't imagine anyone would have been anything less than dazzled with this episode. As dazzled as you would be seeing <laughs> world-famous magician Lance Burton come out and do magic from under Mark Summers' armpits. And if people really want to support us and they want to keep mm-hmm. hearing us just do episode after episode of this damn show, mm-hmm. what should they yeah. do? Well, I was going to say the biggest magic trick I'd like to see is our numbers going up on our old subscribe button on the YouTube at Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or I don't know. We can't. We're not on Stitcher. I don't know. I don't know where we are. No, we sure at aren't. Google, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> on the Comedy Bang Bang Pod Network. <laughs> <laughs> <don't know. laughs> Check us out. We're going to be on Earwolf. Jeremy, you can uh, bleep. Yeah. You can bleep that. <laughs> name no on the i was so excited for you guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. no uh no please um yeah youtube anywhere you listen to these things google amazon um yeah spotify like it subscribe give us a good review um and see us skyrocket to the top maybe one day we'll all have the legacy of chris hardwick (laughs) Wait, wait 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 Hey guys, I just wanted to say one thing. <laughs> oh, Stony! Yeah, Stoney. man, it's me, Stony. I just wanted to pop in and say one thing. That yeah. Tina magician, she did that that a uh, routine mop head. Yeah, I want to yeah. see another routine called Uh-oh. pot head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I I get it. Not I mop it, head. <laughs> But pothead. Okay, yeah, I think I know why. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you for joining us. We love you. Bye. Bye.